Welcome to Extra Points, the Outsports podcast that explores extra points on lesser-known moments in LGBTQ sports history, with special guests who discuss the larger cultural issues behind each one. Today, I'm speaking with T. Cooper. He's a director of Man Made, a 2018 documentary that profiles several transgender male bodybuilders as they transition and train to compete in TransFitCon in Atlanta, Georgia, which was at the time the only all-transgender bodybuilding competition in the world. The DVD of Man Made comes out on November 7th. We're going to explore why we see so few films about trans men or trans male athletes in general, why T. Cooper made the documentary, and what he thinks of the current fight to allow transgender athletes in the USA Powerlifting Federation. Uh, Before we begin, I just want to say that I know we covered a movie in the last episode of Extra Points, too, and while I'm a film lover and kind of a queer film buff, I want to reassure listeners that this podcast isn't just always going to be about movies, I swear. We're going to branch out and discuss books and songs and politics and artwork and other things, too, but for today, yes, it's another film. Anyway, let's listen to a little of the trailer from T. Cooper's Man Made. So often in my life, just surviving was an accomplishment. Just taking a shower, just not killing myself was an accomplishment. Making muscles in the mirror when you're four years old and thinking that's what you're going to grow up to be. I mean, it's just making that four-year-old in the mirror match. So let's bring the lightweights on stage. I wasn't really sure if I was going to do it until I actually walked into the doors. You feel trapped for a long time. You feel trapped. The world just opened up, just felt free. It's definitely gonna be a showdown tonight. We got some tight bodies. Know that all these people, they all had the same courage. You had to stand up there being judged by the world and not care. We'll play a little more of the trailer later. But the cool thing about Man Made is it's one of the few films to focus specifically on trans men. At the time, he revealed that he grew up just a few miles from Venice's Muscle Beach in California where he'd watch male bodybuilders working out at the outdoor Oceanside Gym. He was thrilled by the way that masculinity was performed in pursuit of the so-called perfect male physique, he said. And as a trans man himself, Cooper knew the feeling of working hard to build the body and life that he wanted for himself. T. Cooper began working on the film five years ago, after hearing about TransFitCon in Atlanta, Georgia, and he was particularly interested in trans men, because he thinks that it, quote, upsets the order of things in general to think that somebody who is designated female can actually just become a man and have that power. There's a resistance to embracing those stories, end quote. His film also shows stories of trans male identity that are seldom heard. In the film, one bodybuilder named Reese has to purchase testosterone injections from a street dealer because he doesn't have a prescription for them. He is now a father to a five-year-old son who calls him Mommy, and he was also homeless for a while, constantly rejected by shelters because of his trans identity. In another scene, we see Dominic, a man who has just completed top surgery. Uh, that's a bilateral mastectomy for you cis listeners out there. We see Dominic drowsy on painkillers, his torso in bandages, a tube draining fluid from his chest into a balloon-sized receptacle. And then there's Kinney, a trans man who isn't out at his college job in Arkansas. He has a girlfriend named DJ who loves him, but DJ is a lesbian, and the closer Kinney gets to achieving his ideal male body, the less physically attracted DJ feels towards him. Anyway, enough about the film for now. Let's jump into our conversation with T. Cooper. We spoke on Thursday, November 6, 2019. So I'm wondering, when was the first time you ever saw any transgender person in any media? Oh, wow. You're going way back. I, I, I guess like Christine Jorgensen. I'm not that old, but I feel like I remember 
reading, I mean, that iconic image of her getting off the plane is like burned in my brain is my first media image of a trans person, real life, not sensationalized, you know, just living her life, but obviously with all the hoopla around it. Uh, how old were you when that happened? God, I don't know. I, I'm guessing teens. Yeah, okay. I think teens. How did it strike you when you saw that? Like what, 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 what thoughts or ideas were occurring to you? I don't think anything besides, oh, you know what I mean? Like my, my more moments of personal recognition were people that I met in the real world, not through, you know, sensationalized stories on the media or whatever. And some, sometimes those, those stories were shameful. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and sometimes they were like more positive and triumphant. And actually, I, I don't know why I'm even <clears throat> remembering this now, but I remember um, when I was growing up, actually, this is crazy. Uh, my neighbor girlfriend had been married to well Caitlyn Jenner and formerly Bruce Jenner and I heard them I was really young and I, I was in the living room and I heard them talking about the wife saying something like Bruce wants to be a woman and they were so mean about it and I was like what like that was my first a man can be a woman or a woman can be a man thing it was like holy crap and that was you know in the 80s wow um <laughs> and, and it sounds like that you had maybe experienced some negative or sensationalized depictions as well is, is that true yeah i mean I, I just think like you know it was always the butt of the joke and you know silly ridiculousness you know some like it hot i can never have children we can adopt some but you don't understand osgood uh, i'm a man well, nobody's perfect. You know, just over-the-top depictions, especially of femininity, obviously. Um, I think with masculinity, it was more homophobic stuff that was, that was, you know, kind of aggressive towards any expressions of female masculinity. It seemed like it was about gender as, as much as it was about sexuality. Was the Caitlyn Jenner thing, was that the first time you had experienced any idea or potential depiction of trans issues in sports media, or was that something different? That was my first memory of, of hearing about someone who either wanted to transition or was transitioning. And, that, and I was really young, and I just remember my ears pricking up and being, I didn't even know who Bruce Renner really was. You know what I mean? It's like I was young enough that I didn't realize like he was an Olympic star or whatever, but I just remember people, like basically she was derogatorily talking about her husband, like, oh, he wants to be a woman. And obviously we all know it took many, many years before that happened, but I just remember the, the response to it was so negative. Um, and as I got older, I realized who that was, you know, with the <laughs> Wheaties box and, you know, just truly what his at the time accomplishments were. But yeah, that, that, I would say that was my first time and it was obviously a derogatory mention um, and it had real negative connotations, but that was my first hearing about it. Um, and knowing that it could exist. And then later in life, you know, you whatever, when you become a little bit more aware of American history and pop culture stuff, that's when I saw the Christine Jorgensen actually in the media. And it was obviously super sensationalized. How about what were the first your first experiences with actual trans people, uh, like meeting them in your own real life? I would say, you know, in the 90s, I was in a performance troupe um, called the Backdoor Boys. We were like drag kings. But, you know, I think Obviously, I think there wasn't really a term like for trans men as much back then, but, you know, there were some trans men in the group and some people were just drag kings. But, um, yeah, when we were, we performed all over the New York region and colleges and whatnot, and we did a show at the Slipper Room on the Lower East Side, and I'll never forget um, this German guy who was a trans man. He was a performer, 
and he was backstage with us and you know we're all getting ready and all of a sudden like he took his shirt off and I was like holy crap like you know he had he had you know chest surgery and was like pretty built and I was like oh my god that guy like that's real facial hair he's not you know putting spirit gum on like it was just one of these oh my god moments and I guess that was kind of like I'm guessing you know late 90s and of course while there were other folks like Lauren Cameron and Buck Angel and people you know, sort of percolating, that was my first meeting someone in person and just realizing that that a body could reflect and change in ways that you wanted and that it wasn't out of your control. It was actually very well within the space of your control. And that was that was a really positive. There was a language barrier, but he took the time to kind of answer some questions and, you know, be that be that first guy. And And at the time, had you started to realize your own trans identity or was that still no, I mean, I think I already did because, you know, I, I just didn't know the possibilities. You know, it's just such a different, it's hard to explain to people. It's not like I'm a grandpa, but I do feel like a grandpa sometimes because, you know, back when like we were, people of my generation were starting to learn about these different possibilities for our lives and our bodies, like it was very hard to get information. You could not just jump on the internet, you know, there we had these kind of secret locked groups, you know, where we would trade photos and share information about surgeon surgeons and you know hormones and everyone's faces were literally cut off the photos like it was very it, it was just much more quiet um you know and the possibilities are just so much more available now and the realities are available um literally at your fingertips you can you know see thousands of people chronicling their transitions on youtube and you know social media and stuff so um but no like the reason it wasn't new is because i was already as in that performance troupe, which, you know, we performed a ton, like we were, you know, we were, we were like on the cover of the village voice choices and we were in like Jane magazine. And you know what I mean? Like we definitely had a time and there was, there was a time where we were performing, you know, three days a week. And so when I'm walking around town, I'm that guy, I'm the guy I was playing on stage and passing as a guy. And so all that stuff was obviously percolating for years. Um, But I think that's when I really started to you know, make the social transition too. And then meeting that, that, that German dude was kind of like a snap moment, you know. We're going to take a small break, but when we come back, we'll play the second half of the man-made trailer and talk to T. Cooper about Trump's anti-trans politics and the fight for trans inclusion in USA powerlifting. Stay with us. Welcome back to Extra Points with Daniel Villarreal. We're talking to T. Cooper, the director of the 2018 documentary Man Made, which follows trans male bodybuilders as they prepare for TransFitCon in Atlanta, Georgia, which at the time was the only all-transgender bodybuilding competition in the world. Here's the second half of the film's trailer, followed by the rest of our interview with T. Cooper. I've been called every name in the book, but I am doing what I need to do to be my authentic self. That's me. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I was sent to the pastor and called out in the middle of a church, dapped some holy oil on his hand and started slapping me on the head and praying for demons to come out. Give me a bit though. I missed you. I missed you too, mama. We're all different. We all have different stories. We all transition differently. I wouldn't want him to not be himself because I might not be attracted to him anymore. He was my person, I thought. How can you not be okay with your kid being happy? Dead kid or kid? Boy or girl, I don't care. We're not monsters, we're not demons. But humans, just like everybody else, we're just a little different. I guess there's a time in your life where you want to stop hiding and 
Just kind of live your life and not care what people think. Thank you, gentlemen. Y'all give them a big hand. It's just nice to be called what I want to be called. I, I feel that you're absolutely right that you can see a lot more trans people documenting their transition on YouTube and other social media. And yet I feel like your film, Man Made, was one of the first times I had ever seen any sort of transgender or any sort of work focused on a transgender athlete at all. Am, am I completely out of the loop or, or is, is it our fault? No. <laughs> no, dude. Like, I honestly, like, I... I mean, that's why, um, obviously, when you're making a film like this, you're trying to tell stories, you're trying to tell them the best way possible, you're trying to be as faithful and honest to the, these folks' lives as possible, so you're not thinking about the implications, right? But once you get an edit, and once the story starts coming together, and once, honestly, the film starts to be seen by people in film festivals, you know, this film traveled all over the world, we probably, I think we've been in like 80 film festivals all over the world, you know, from Kosovo to you know, Hong Kong to obviously everywhere in the U.S. and Canada, Mexico. Um, But once you start seeing folks' responses, that's when you go, oh, wow, like, this is something that we don't get to see very often. And people are grateful for, A, if they're from that community, seeing themselves reflected for the first time, or B, if they're not from that community, saying, I've never thought about this in my life. And I can't believe how different it seems like I should be from these people. And yet there's a million things in this film that I felt I identified with directly. And I heard that and I continue to hear that all the time. And that makes me just feel like, okay, that's what I set out to do. I did not want to make this film for trans people. I didn't want to make this film for cis people. I wanted to make this for everybody. And the fact that so many trans dudes that like, you know, that I screened for or were at festivals or whatever came up and were like, I've never seen my story told. Um, and now I have, you know, and yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Like, I just don't think that we see trans male culture and trans men portrayed in a way that is 360 degrees, um, or three dimensional, you know, they're usually on a side or a joke or, you know, whatever, like, oh, now we need a trans guy. Cause, cause you know, casting wants diversity, which is great. I'm not saying that's a problem, but I just, I, I'm just saying as far as the in-depth, you know, faithful storytelling of of their lives yeah like you just don't see it and that's why i wanted to make the film i don't see my story out there and like i'm not a bodybuilder but these guys stories in man-made are my story you know what do you think accounts for the dearth of stories in media i mean i think it was time magazine that declared a while ago that we are sort of reaching a transgender tipping point in terms of visibility with people like Laverne Cox and Chaz Bono and younger and younger trans people coming out. Why is it that you think that stories of trans athletes are still relatively rare, uh, given the fact that we have uh, trans visibility raising, uh, rising elsewhere? Hmm. I mean, it's a really good question. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I can speak, you know, I don't know if you want me to try to keep it sports focused, but it's kind of hard to when, when we are at a cultural moment where literally just this morning, you know, one of the president's sons is on a morning show attacking trans, a trans or trans athletes in general. I think we're actually all pretty let, live and let live. So is my father. But today, you know, it's sort of the woke goalpost. They keep moving. The example I use in the book is obviously as it relates to you know, trans women in sports. Identify how you want. I think it's wonderful. I don't care. When you start saying, okay, I'm a man, I become a woman, I'm now winning national championships, setting weightlifting world records, you know, 
displacing women who really work their entire lives yeah. about, to get about, to about, a point let's, in, let's in their careers. This, I think that's yeah. wrong, and that's the point. Are yeah. you goalposts never um, stop moving? It, it's it's something that is percolating, um, you know, generally in a negative way because it's it's this notion of moving the goalposts and how it's not fair for the straight white you know, cis male uh, in our culture anymore. And obviously we're hearing so much more of, of, of that kind of rabid um, attacks on folks just right to exist, you know, much less play sports, but literally just access to healthcare, access to housing, access to jobs without being discriminated against and on and on and on. So I guess for me, it's hard not to globalize it and and, and go, okay, well, who's made, who, who's really responsible for most of the storytelling around this quote trans explosion that you're talking about, right? Well, it's it's still cis people, you know. It's even Ryan, you know, Ryan Murphy, while poses obviously an important groundbreaking show, it's still made by a cis male, um, and it, it's made because of the cis male. You know, that show was not going to get made um, if he wasn't behind it. And again, like same thing with the documentaries that that and and, and the films that that kind of you know make it to the top. Um, it's because the folks who are buying them. Um, are are the ones making the decisions, you know? And so if if you feel like in order to, quote, care about trans people, they have to suffer, they have to, you know, experience violence and hardship, and, you, you know, it has to be all about transition and focused on what makes them different rather than what makes them human, trans being one of the many things that makes them human, you know, then those are the stories that are going to kind of rise to the top. And then unfortunately, folks like, like me, folks um, like so many people I know who are trans creators, you know, we don't often get trusted to tell our stories um, as much as folks who are not from that experience. You know, um, it's, it, you know, it creates a little bit of, I'm not saying folks who are cis should not tell trans stories. I'm just saying that trans folks need equal opportunity to have their stories told, to tell those stories, you know, and then to have those stories bought and shown to the world because our stories are not going to focus on transition all the time. They're not going to focus on what makes us different, right? Uh, it's not going to focus on um, you know, always all the troubles. Um, and, and that's why, like, in this film, Man Made, and for me, I really wanted to be honest and realistic about some of the struggles, right? Like, we have a homeless, you know, one of our characters is homeless for a period. And, you know, there's so many things. There's family struggles and, you know, job struggles, all that stuff. But it's also, you know, you dispense with that stuff pretty quickly, and it becomes a film about their three-dimensional lives, trans being just one of those dimensions. Absolutely. At this point in the conversation, I asked T. Cooper about their thoughts on the current fight to allow transgender athletes in the USA Powerlifting Federation. If you don't know about it, you should really read some of our excellent and thorough coverage on the issue on Outsports. Basically, the USA Powerlifting Federation currently forbids trans men and women from competing because they think male puberty and testosterone give extra benefits to trans athletes. Trans athletes, on the other hand, say that the claim is overstated and understudied and they just want the right to compete like everyone else. Here's what T. Cooper had to say. I, I mean, I feel like the NCAA and the USOC, you know, have done a great job of addressing um, some of these issues that come up that, that um, have traditionally kept, you know, trans folks out of doing things that they love to do and competing at things that they love to do. So I would assume that you know, my, my feeling is, is just that those same kind of policies, which of course they're not perfect, but we have to adapt and do the best we can. But those policies that allow a guy like Chris Mosier, you know, to compete um, as a biathlete, um, 
should allow folks to compete in whatever the, the sport is that they love, be it archery or powerlifting or whatever, you know? Um, so like, I, you know, I, I hesitate to speak too much about it because I don't know a ton about the case. <laughs> I mean, you know, you've seen, you know, man-made that like there, I, I really did want to include, I was so happy that one of our competitors, Mason compete in cis, you know, or mainstream bodybuilding competitions. And I was just so, I mean, it, he, he had never competed in trans competitions. In fact, he'd only competed stealthily, by the way, in uh, cis competitions. And so, you know, as Mason says in, in the film, and, and as I say all the time, you know, his taking testosterone is literally just getting him to the same levels that everyone else is starting at, you know, in, in his category, obviously, as, as in the male category. So if anything, he's at a disadvantage because he's kind of, you know, been on that hormone, so to speak, for, for much um, less of a time. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, <laughs> I know that there's all these organizations which are independent and, and obviously they can make up their own rules and do whatever the, that is the hell they want. But like, I think that following the policies of something like the USOC and the NCAA, like you can't go wrong with that um, because th those were designed to be fair and, and not to, um, you know, this goalpost moving that, that, you know, that Donald Trump was Jr. was talking about this morning um, on the news, like that kind of eliminates that, you know? So I don't know. I mean, I, I wish I had more authority to speak about it, but I'm very curious to see how this, this case, you know, will turn out. When I was doing, when I was shooting the film, um, which obviously, you know, uh, God, it's been a few years now. TransFitCon was literally the only trans bodybuilding competition in the world at that point. Like it was the first ever and it was in Atlanta and it was only for trans men because that's just how the founders started it. And there were no trans women who wanted to compete. When they added a powerlifting competition, there were men and women. So I guess as a, as a wrap-up question, um, it seems that man-made definitely has an inclusionary stance. That is, it, it seems to say that trans competitors are worthy to be part of the competition uh, world and to have their chance on stage and to shine and to compete just like everyone else. I guess, like, why? Why you think that's so incredibly important and, and, and it's so important that you decided to commit it to film? Well, I mean, that's what drew me to this competition in the first place is um, the fact that all of these guys can step on stage and be welcomed and be celebrated and judged um, and compete for who they are at that stage in their lives to me that's beautiful because obviously when you're talking about bodybuilding and powerlifting you are talking about you know even with women there is um what are con considered traditionally masculine forms that are being judged and compared right and i know that with trans women or with sorry with with cis women bodybuilding you know there's been a lot of backlash lately about you know them being too masculine and a lot of competitions are literally just eliminating bodybuilding and turning it into more figure stuff and swimsuit right because i think you know it intersects with a lot of scary stuff for them right it's 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 female masculinity is terrifying to, to most folks so anyway but back to man-made and back to, to to this kind of inclusion that you're you know referring to like the fact that all versions of masculinity were both welcome and celebrated was to me you know, what makes this so special and unique and so beautiful and that, you know, it doesn't matter where you came from or really even where you're going, but like <laughs> where you are at that moment is the best that you can offer at that time and that that's okay. And I, and I don't mean to say that in my like grade school, everyone gets a blue ribbon way. I just mean 
that you're welcome and you're there see, being seen, literally seen and accepted for who it is that you are. And, um, you know, to me, that's a metaphor for honestly all of life. And, you know, that moment on stage in the lights at where you are what you are and people are celebrating for you what you are, you know, that's literally a dream come true. And, and for some of the guys in the film, someone like Mason, like literally that moment saves his life. Like he, he credits bodybuilding and getting to have control of his body in that way was saving his life. So, you know, I don't know what's more powerful than that. And I'm really happy that, um, you know, it's out there for people who want to see um, not only a population of, of, of guys who don't get in the spotlight very much, trans men, but especially trans men of color, mostly. It's, it's that. It's a social kind of justice film, but it's also set against the backdrop of like a true competition film, like a multi-subject, old school competition film. You know, that's how I structured it. And that's how, you know, the story plays out. And, you know, you get to see these lives unfold, but you also care about you know quote what's going to happen and who's going to win and so yeah for me that's what I love about sports and and that's what I love about storytelling about all humans and so it kind of to me is like the best of both worlds colliding in the film. Man Made will be available on iTunes, Amazon, and Google Play starting Thursday November 7th 2019. This weekend T. Cooper will be shooting a music video and a behind the scenes making of video for Atlantic Records artist Benjamin Scheuer. The song is one Scheuer collaborated on with a trans woman named Samantha. Samantha will be in the video, along with 25 other trans people on screen, and a large trans crew behind the camera. In fact, there won't be a single cisgender person on screen at all. That's all for this week. I want to thank my guest. The Extra Points opening theme came from binsound.com. I'm Daniel Villarreal, and this has been Extra Points. We hope you'll join us for the next installment. Until then. <laughs>